I love Dwayne the Rock. Johnson. I love the Rock. He played football at U of M. He's so huge. Yeah. It's man. probably not. He's probably. I, Probably not a good thing for a pastor to say, but I love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, was like every, he was great in the pacifier. <laughs> Everything he's in, dude. I love him. He's funny. He's huge. He is huge. His wrestling stuff cracks me. He, he oh, was doing yeah. his wrestling. If you smell, you know, he was doing that. So it's like, that stuff's awesome, man. <laughs> People's elbow. It's so fake. I'm going to challenge you live <laughs> on television tonight. <laughs> So even within the church, we've cultivated that by always talking about your individual response to the gospel, where that's become the most important aspect of the gospel is how you personally respond. And we've we've almost pushed aside that the gospel first is about Christ. It's about mm. what God has done in history redemptively for a people. Yeah. We right. see that, right? We always see a, a people being talked about. Welcome there. It's good to be with you today. We're sitting around the table here. We are absent one of our brothers. Pastor Scott is uh, not with us today. So I've got uh, Matt Bates and Tim Michelangeli. My name is Spencer Snow. We're sitting around the table here. Um, you may have known that we've, uh, as we've been doing the podcast, we've started it here for the church here for the the congregation here at MNBC. Uh, we've called it Following Him in the Past, but I think we're going to rename it just to, to maybe make it a bit more um, what we're doing here. We're going to call it Pastors of the Round Table, just kind of renaming it. Um, this podcast, of course, is a, a product of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. It's brought to you by Together in Christ, uh, the teaching ministry of MNBC in Monroe, Michigan. And here, as we sit around the table and what we've done so far and what we hope to continue to do as a pastoral staff is to uh, encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith. And we want to help uh, connect each other as a congregation to the people, to the ministries, to the lives of what's going on here at Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. And so we're going to start calling this conversation, this gathering we have, Pastors of the Roundtable. Um, so hopefully that's a bit more appropriate and uh, kind of conveys what we're actually doing here as, as a staff. Um, so what we want to start today, we've done two podcasts on singing, um, singing in the Bible, and then kind of um, an episode on application about what singing is. And that kind of uh, led us into uh, starting a series here of sorts on worship, particularly public worship. So worship, what happens whenever we get together here as a church. Um, we often, if you were to type worship in or think about worship, oftentimes you think about worship music, worship leaders, we hear about worship songs, uh, worship time, a worship band, on and on. And worship is a very important thing that we do as Christians. Um, that's what we get together every Sunday, every first day of the week. We get together to worship the Lord as a church, as a corporate gathering. And so we want to focus upon this topic. Today we want to talk about what is worship? How would you define it? If somebody was to come up to you and ask you, what is worship? How would you answer that? And so sitting here around the table with me today, I've got Brother uh, Matt Bates and Tim Michelangeli with me. So guys, let's, let's talk about this. Let's dive into this. What comes to many people's minds when they hear the word worship? Probably music and singing. Particularly music. Yeah, probably. I think the verbiage of the last 35 years has been, and like in your church, uh, you've heard the phrase, now let's worship, and then usually immediately following is a song. 
Right. Um, and I think that has to do probably with uh, the like the commercial commercialization of Christian music. Um, and nowadays, even most non-Christians have at least heard of like like Hillsong United, or like they've been on like the like your morning TV talk shows right. or whatever, or doing concerts mm-hmm. in Times Square sure. or whatever. Um, but I think uh, just a caveat on that, I guess, uh, to say that m- the word worship is synonymous with music and singing, I don't think is right. Hmm. Uh, music and singing can be worshiping God, but it can also be used to worship Satan and s- the self. You know? Right, and it can and it can talk about other activities besides singing, singing right? in the pure yeah, right, in the, right, in the right. worshiping. Yeah, absolutely. But what do you think, brother? I think worship's kind of become like defining. It's kind of become like defining love. Mm. You know, everybody has their own little spin on it, and what you might think is worship isn't worship to somebody else. Maybe uh, <clears throat> I would go along though with what Matt said. I think music definitely plays a big role in what people think of when they think of worship. Or maybe, maybe if you were to say worship just in general, people think of uh, the Sunday Sunday morning mm-hmm. gathering. Is yeah, like, yeah. This is when we come together to worship, and so everything we do here is is part of that worship. They they, they think of that. Um, so it's it's a it's a tough word, I think, to define, which we're going to attempt to do, I believe, here today, the best we can. <laughs> so leading into that, <laughs> how would you define worship? Well, I think we've already done that on another podcast. We talked right? a lot about it, anyways. Yeah. We kind of talked about worship is our response to God, mm-hmm. and uh, and so we've been doing more research as a group into that um, and seeing like the word encounter being used. Worship is our encounter with God. I personally don't think that's enough to define the word worship. Um, reason being is there are people I think who have encounters with God, but that doesn't in turn mm. cause them to to worship God. Yeah. And so that's why I think the word response is important there. It's as we encounter God, how we then respond to God. Um, but I think even in that definition, some people could see that as like just special circumstances, right? Yeah. Like I uh, I didn't have an encounter with God today, so I didn't worship God today. Yeah. Or, you know, like there wasn't this thing that happened that then caused me to worship. I don't want that to be the picture of our of our definition either. Um, and so we, I think we need to turn to Scripture for it, and we see a lot of different worship in Scripture, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, but one is in John chapter 4, right, with Jesus and the Samaritan woman mm. at the well. Right. And she starts to talk about worship. Yep. Right of, yeah. of where to worship facing Jerusalem. Yeah, and yeah. and Jesus's response was like, "We Jews actually worship how we're supposed to. Right. You don't. Right. <laughs> but but then he has a but. And what is it? Verse twenty four, yeah. I believe. Spencer. Yeah, God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Yeah. So you have this idea of worshiping in spirit and truth, right? So as you encounter God and you respond to God, the way we respond to God should be in spirit and in truth. And so that has to be in and well. So I think we we might need to unpack that maybe a little bit together of what that might mean. So spirit means with our whole heart, with all that we are, or what are you thinking? It's capital S, spirit. Yeah. 
It depends. I think it is. The New King James isn't, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say, and I, Donald Whitney in his book, um, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, which I've pushed many, many times here at the church, has a section on worship. And he would say it as this. The only people who can honestly worship God sincerely are those who have the Holy Spirit in them. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And that's what it means by yeah. spirit yeah. and truth. And so we have... You must... You must have the Holy Spirit living inside of you to worship honestly. That's the spirit side. And so it's yeah. it's an act of the spirit, mm-hmm. right? We we come spiritually to worship him. But then you also have the truth side, which I would say then is scripturally. Mm-hmm. We have to worship him yeah. the correct way, not in our own way, but in the correct way mm-hmm. that he calls yeah. us to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Which is the question she was asking, right? Where do we do it? Who's right? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. He's saying in yeah. spirit and in yeah. truth, it will happen. Yeah, I think having, starting kind of with the response, our response to God is really a good way of starting our definition of worship. Um, and that we're actually, in its basic level, we're, we're responding to God's gift of grace to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so firstly, you know, our spirit is being regenerated um, by Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. So we are responding first and foremost with faith and belief mm-hmm. in God. And then coupled with that is is we're responding also in in repentance right you yeah. know uh continually giving both of our you know our if we if we want to categorize it this way privately and publicly our private lives and our public lives to god mm. and this even goes back to what you've been preaching tim out of romans 12 like we are to be yeah. living sacrifices mm-hmm. but uh one of the hardest parts about being a living sacrifice is that we keep wanting to crawl off the altar <laughs> of god to our own altar. Um, So our response then has to be governed by not what we want, but rather by what Mm -hmm. God wants. Mm -hmm. So worship starts from within, right? Worship starts by a change that happened within that only God can do, Romans 1 through 11. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we respond from what's happening within, we respond then so that it can be seen. It can be seen by others. It can be heard by others. Uh, again, we direct it to the to the Lord, yeah. and it, it becomes all of life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, all encompassing. Yeah. yeah. So the the word response though highlights the fact that God takes the first step to us. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Absolutely. I think that the fact that it's a response mm-hmm. means that God comes to us. I mean, we we call it a call to worship, right? God in this, God gives us the yeah. call to worship Him, to, to and He saves us. He mm-hmm. sends His Son and gives His Son to us. Yeah. We respond in faith yeah. and repentance and in love. I mean, Psalm 95 comes to mind. Uh, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Mm. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And so I think the idea of worship also has the idea, of ba- the basic idea, isn't it, of, of bowing, of mm. kneeling to yeah. everything that he is. It's yep. a response of faith, yep. love, repentance, holiness. Yeah, um, that's good. Obedience. To him yeah. in its broadest, mm-hmm. in its broadest. If he didn't tell us to worship him, we we wouldn't. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but he says to, yeah, and right. so we need to. And there's a reason for it. It's not just because he's like a selfish god who right. who wants all this praise. No, he actually says what's best for you. Right, what's best for everything. Yeah, is for you to worship me. <laughs> right, and so we should. <laughs> so. We can use worship in different ways, right? So one one aspect is public worship, but first of all, it's it's all of life, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Like what you've been preaching about, Tim, right? About Romans twelve one, 
be yeah. a living sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So we worship God in, in one sense, broadly with every single thing we do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not all that worship is, right? So there's that, there's that sense. So it, by going faithfully to your job and being faithful to your employer or being a good citizen of your government, um, you're, you're worshiping God in one sense. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. But then there's also a more specific sense whenever we're actually praying or when we're actually reading our Bible or whatever. And, um, that can happen privately. It can happen with your family or it can happen publicly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about those other categories as well and how we should think about those things? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, we need to see our whole life as worship to God. Like, I, I think that that's vital. Mm-hmm. Um, that needs to be our, our basis. I think that's why Paul kind of starts there in Romans, at, at Romans 12, of, of saying, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Because he wants us to see as, as all-encompassing, you know, because it, be, it, it would be different, right, if, if Paul said, therefore, by the mercies of God, Gather together and worship on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That would that would free me up the other six days of the week to say, well, as long as I'm coming well on Sunday and I'm doing that right, uh, I'm probably free to do pretty much anything else mm. the rest of the week. But no, he he wants us to see that our our whole life is actually worshiping God. But then there are there are some key things that we see in Scripture that we are called to do. I don't want to say they're extras because they're not extras, but that. If we are going to worship God with our life, this is going to be a part of it also, mm. which is like you'd mentioned, worshiping as a family. You know, we're, we're called to do that as parents, is to lead our children in worship, to train them in all the ways that I have told you, scripture would say. Uh, but then also, another really special time that we see God gives us is our public worship, our corporate worship together, the not neglecting of gathering together, it would say in Hebrews. Do not neglect that, right? And um, I don't know if we're going to get this get to this in another podcast or today, but that is one of the one of the topics that's come up a lot pastorally is people asking the question, "Why do I need to go to the mm. local church? Why can't I just worship with my family at home, or can't I just have a a home church, or can't I, as an individual Christian, just worship God from home by myself and still be faithful? I'm still reading the Bible. I'm still singing. I'm still learning. I'm still doing these things. You can't force me. The Bible doesn't force me into this public mm. worship, which I think we would say is uh, is wrong and uh, as damaging. Yeah, right. And I think um, like there was actually a one survey done in 2018 where actually a majority of Americans believed that worshiping alone or with your family is a valid replacement for regularly attending church. Hmm. Why do you think people, I mean, just trying to honestly ask them, and, and why do you think people believe that? Why do people have that that conviction? Uh, just, I guess there's speculation here, but what do you think? It was in America, you yeah. said? Yeah. Okay, I think that's pretty telling, number one. We think we can do anything on our own. I don't. I don't need anybody for anything. I can... Right, I I can do this stuff, and who are you to tell me different? It's my life. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, I have this freedom, and so we have this sense, and and so we we just have this arrogance at times about us that 
we're separate. And so even within the church, we've cultivated that by always talking about your individual response to the gospel, mm. where that's become the most important aspect mm. of the gospel is how you personally respond. And we've, we've almost pushed aside that the gospel first is about Christ. It's about mm. what God has done in history redemptively for a people. Yeah. We right. see that, right? We always see a, a people being talked about. And, and, you know, when you go to baptize somebody, you know, what, what is, what's your story here? And it, mm. we make it very individualistic instead of really showing when we baptized you, this is a symbol that you're now a part of God's story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not, it's not your story. It's you're now a part of God's story. You're right. now a part of, of God's family, how he, he puts us together. And so while in America we're so individualistic, the Bible is actually very different. Right. It's not necessarily individual. Yes, you have an individual part in that. Yes, you individually need to respond to the gospel. Yes, you need to take up your cross daily and do these things as an individual, but you do that for the good of right. the body, right? Right. Though, I mean, even the metaphor of a body, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You're connected now mm-hmm. um, yeah, to other people. Yeah. Unless you decapitate a limb. Well, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, or, that's true. Yeah, but that's, that's not true. a good thing, right? Right, right. So that yeah. hurts that everything, hurts. right? Exactly, <laughs> and, and yeah. like we're permanently attached. Yeah, for the health of each yeah. other, right? Or exactly. like a good example, yeah. you know, uh, in doing a wedding, something I try to relay while doing the wedding is that okay, the two of you are coming together, and this is great, and you're going to love each other, but know this: when you get married, your marriage should reflect the gospel. Mm-hmm. The purpose of your marriage is so that people will see the gospel. Yeah. This marriage isn't first and foremost about the two of you. Mm-hmm. Right. This marriage needs first and foremost to be about him yeah. and what he has done and what he is doing. Right. That's and good. so the way you love each other, the way you care for each other, the way you guys live your lives from this moment forward needs to be about him, not you. You know, weddings are all about the bride. It's all about <laughs> right. them walking down. They're having their moment, blah, 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 blah. And I... I kind of feel like I'm raining on their parade when I say that, but I think it's the truth of what the gospel teaches. Right. This isn't yeah. a moment about you. It's a moment about him mm-hmm. and what he has done. So we've, we, worship can be applied to all of life. We can talk about private f- devotions that we have ourselves, um, family worship and public worship. And, and in this podcast, we're, this series, we're going to specifically be focusing upon public worship. Um, but all those are important. Not a single one of those is unimportant. What is, however, what should have the highest rank in our priorities and schedule of all of those? Of, of particularly, I'm thinking, obviously, we should always worship God with all mm-hmm. of our lives, but of private family and public worship. Like, if, if we had to rank them, what should have the priorities in our schedule and why? I think public worship would probably be first. Um, and then I would probably say individually and then family, I guess. If you're, it's hard. You're making me rank, mm-hmm. making me rank these. <laughs> right. Uh, right. I feel like they all have their own kind of role. Well, yeah. And that's the know? thing. None of, none of them are like unimportant, but it's interesting. Like if you were to look at the, the past, right? How, Public worship was understood as being the height mm-hmm. of all of them, and um, 
And like in America, though, right, it's considered to be the extra, it's like extracurricular. If you can mm, add yeah, church right. on, mm-hmm. that's good. That's a bonus. Yeah. Whereas I think in the past, it was like church was number one, and you wanted to do all the others, and you should do all the others, mm-hmm. but it was understood that yeah. the schedule is subordinate to public worship, mm-hmm. not public worship subordinate to everything else. Yeah. yeah. Look, when we're, when we're doing this podcast, we had a member in our church pass away recently. Uh, and he'd been a member for a really long time. And part of his story that he tells is his family lived in Toledo. And then all of a sudden they started to attend MMBC from Toledo. They would travel up to Monroe and they started, you know, to get involved in the church and the church was very important in their life. They were there, you know, whenever the doors were open, uh, these parents, he would say, you know, they were teaching us the importance of, of school of scripture of God and of the church. And he said, my parents both left really good jobs in Toledo. Why they moved to Monroe to be close to the church Mm. that they were a part of. Wow. That's unheard of today. Right. It's unheard of. It's, Hey, my job's sending me here. Hopefully I can find a good church. Hopefully there's a faithful church there, you know, that, that I'll find while I'm there instead of the opposite. And I would say, I think I would hope I would be like this. Well, my job's a little different. I am a pastor, but if if I'm trying to look for places to live that a good faithful church where I can be involved should be a key to that, or that mm-hmm. I feel God leading me yeah. to there, and then hopefully the job would be secondary, right? And, and I know people are going to accuse us because we're pastors. We're saying this, right? But <laughs> I don't think that's true. I don't want to think that's true in my life. I'm saying that because I we just see that biblically. That right. is the importance of it. Right. Yeah. Well, I think we realize too, even during this temporary, unique situation we're in, it affects our private and family lives whenever we're not able to have that regular rhythm mm-hmm. of getting together as church mm-hmm. and worshiping God mm-hmm. together. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the examples I've, I've thought about recently is kind of like a NASCAR, right? There's a pace car that if there's an accident on the racetrack, the pace car comes out, right? And, and all the cars get behind him. And in a sense, God has given us this rhythm, this pace every week to, to kind of, we, we've crashed, we've burned maybe in the week and he's like, and so we come back to worship here. Mm-hmm. And he restores us and renews us and we refocus, we repent, we believe the gospel again. And, um, and also, I mean, Jesus obviously is, is with us. He, we have a, a, a personal relationship with him, but he promises, the only place he has, he promises to have that special presence is with the church, right? Hmm. It, it's when you're together, I'm there. Right. Yeah. Right. He's and, engaged. And that's to the in church. the church service, <laughs> right? And so that, and that's special. We should, we shouldn't hmm. undervalue that. Well, I mean, in the message of, of Romans chapter 12, uh, the the second message there, we, we see in verses three through eight that it says we are one body in Christ. Mm. But then in verse six, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us let us use them. Right? If mm. you've been given prophecy, prophesy in proportion to your faith. Service, then serve. Teaching, teach. So if I'm going to have my own home church and I'm going to say what's most important is that my family worships together, well then all these better be present. Mm-hmm. Or else you're missing the boat. Right. And there's a lot of gifts here. Right. Right. And that's why God tells us to come together. There's some who have the gift of teaching, and we need that. 
Not everybody has that. Again, in America, we like to think we all have that. We can all, no, that's just not true. Some have the gift of serving. Some right. don't. Yeah. Right. right. Some have these, and they are all needed right. to worship God correctly, honorably, right. and how we are supposed to. And so I can't, as an individual, worship God perfectly because I don't, I don't have all these gifts. And mm-hmm. thus, I need my fellow church members to do that for me. Right. That's really good. You know what I mean? Right. And, 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 and what happens in public worship should then trickle down mm-hmm. into what happens in our family worship oh, and in our much. private yeah. worship and in very all of our lives. So. And, and the other will happen as well. There will be rela- uh, an influence from all of our life and all those other things will influence how we worship in public worship. But, yeah. but I think the emphasis on the New Testament especially seems to be that whenever you gather together and you hear the pastor bring the word and you hear songs, we're singing the gospel to each other and we're reading the scripture, we're praying, we're praying together, together. Mm-hmm. we're giving of our offerings for things. Whenever those things are happening, we're taking the Lord's Supper, baptizing, um, that's going to trickle down into our hearts and our minds so that we live more for Christ than we did before. Yeah, I would say you know our public worship won't be as good as it could be if individual Christians aren't worshiping throughout the week like yep. they should, right? Yep. We're 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 to come prepared, right? We're to come with the heart readied, right? Uh, and so again, that's why it's hard to rank. That's why right. we say yeah. we struggle yeah. to rank. Sure. It, is that that is right? That is necessary and that is needed. But I have heard people say, you know, at times like, man, Sundays just I get my gas tank full, mm. and then I start to lose my gas, and so Wednesday's helpful because mm. it fills my tank up again, and then I roll around to Sunday almost empty, and it fills me up again. I don't think that's a good picture <laughs> there. Uh, <laughs> uh, you need to know how to fill your own tank. Right. Some, right? That's right. the individual worship, the individual learning. But I do understand what they're saying as right. well. There is some right. truth in that. Is we do need each other. Right. And right. that's why God's given us that. There's yeah. a reason for it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So let's think about, so worshiping God obviously is important. But let's talk about here God himself. So we're supposed to worship God. Who is the God that we worship? What is he like? Well, God is one eternal spiritual being existing in three distinct co-persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right. I mean, to say it as simple as that and plain as that, Mm -hmm. you know, I Mm -hmm. think that's a good place to start. Yeah. A triune God's number one, right? I mean, we have to that was declared heresy, if you don't believe that, a yeah. long time ago yeah. <laughs> by the church right. fathers. Right. And so, um, and I mean, and the people listening to us today, they need to know there are churches out there today who would not say that, right? Mm-hmm. They would deny that right. Trinity is real. They would say it's not biblical, but right. yet they would yeah. call themselves faithful Christians. And yeah. we have to be very careful with that to know that that's not true we we serve a god of trinity but i think the interesting question that you asked spencer is what is he like i think we could spend a a long time almost talking about talking individually Mm -hmm. of what is god like yeah i I don't know how you guys would answer that but i mean well I, i mean i would go to his attributes i mean in scripture they're not explicitly said sometimes but they're all described uh so god is self existing uh, he's free to do his will, what, what he wants to do, what he pleases. Uh, he's unchanging. Uh, he's infinite and eternal in his knowledge, power, and presence. We've all heard the omnis. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So omniscient, omnipresent, uh, omnipotent. Uh, he is truth. Um, he is good. He is loving. He is gracious. He is merciful. Uh, he is patient. He's holy. He's right. righteous. Right. You know, he's just, but also wrathful. Right. You I know, think how like people. All these things I think how people answer that question: What is he like? Does reflect in how they worship him. Exactly. So you have yeah. some people who view God as a dictator, rule maker. And so they're always scared of him, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They're always scared to fall out of line. And so you get very legalistic in that mm-hmm. way of living. You have others who think God is love. And then we put our own definition of love on that. Right. And therefore, what they mean by that is he's accepting of everything, mm-hmm. right? He, he just tells everybody they're okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the thumbs up thumbs Jesus. Up Jesus. Yeah. Thumbs up Jesus. You're okay. I'm okay. We're all okay. <laughs> um. And this is why we think it's so important, you know, the things that Pastor Matt just kind of rolled through. It's so important to know what he is like and how he has revealed himself to us in his word and through Christ so that we can then worship him correctly because there are all these attributes that he has. He he is loving. He is caring. But he he does have wrath, right? There are -hmm. are these things that we need to know about, and it should impact our worship. Right. I think, uh, you know, I've... I read the other day Hebrews 10 where it says uh, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Mm. Um, and it I think, reminds me of was that Jonathan Edwards? Uh, sinners. His, his sinners in the hands of an angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whenever we think about God as the the living, the living God, He's alive. And I and um, when we approach Him, there should be we should I think be full of reverential love mm. because yeah, He's holy. He's majestic, and yet the amazing thing about this is that the holy, majestic, infinite, perfect God decides to save us. Yeah. Right? That's the that's the mystery of the gospel, yeah. that he takes to himself our flesh and our blood. Um, can we find him on our own? Can we know him on our own, or does he come and find us? How, I mean, how, how does this work? How does the holy, infinite God, can we go search, can we go look for him and find him? Or does he come to us first? Um, I believe he finds us, but I believe Scripture says that, you know, it says God can be found or we see evidence of him even mm-hmm. in creation, right? We, mm-hmm. we see these passages that speak to that. Um, but I believe but the Scripture teaches that God's got to open your eyes to that truth. There's a lot of people who've looked at creation and never saw God in it. Mm-hmm. In fact, they see the opposite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They see proof there is no God in the way that these things are yeah. ordered. Mm-hmm. And so God has to open our eyes to the to the truth, to see him even in creation, mm. um, to know him. Or even as we read his word, he has to open our eyes to the truth that this is his word, that this is his truth, um, and even to see how it makes how it makes sense. And so there's a lot of people on this pilgrimage to know God, to find God. And I'm not saying they shouldn't do that. I, right. God can use that in a person's life to help them to see it, but... On their own, they're not gonna. Yeah. They're not gonna find it. So the only way we'll ever find God is if He first comes to us, right? He has to. He has to first. Mm-hmm. Um, was isn't there a hymn that says, "I sought the Lord, and afterward I knew He moved my soul. Seek Him, seek Him, seeking Me." Um, the point is, is that I, I don't know. The point but of the hymn, good one. <laughs> the point of the hymn is that whenever I sought the Lord, I afterwards realized He actually was the one seeking me yeah. and moved me yeah. to seek Him. And I, and so we see this whole movement, right? With, um, well, I mean, you see this with Abraham, right? Abraham wasn't looking for God, but God found Abraham. Mm-hmm. 
and afterwards Abraham, he called Abraham to himself. You see the same thing with uh, him doing this with uh, Egypt, right? And with Israel, he delivered them and then they responded. Yeah. And God always has the initiative um, in seeking us. I guess part of this ties into the fact of how has God chosen to reveal himself to us? So we can't just go out and just willy-nilly find God. He has to reveal himself to us. And where does he do that at and how? Say that again. How does God reveal himself to us? Uh, well, he's done it through Christ, right. through his son, mm-hmm. through his word. That's yeah. right. That's where we go. That's right. where he's at. So I can't find God's will necessarily just by sitting and thinking. I have to find it through the word. Right? In our natural disposition of sin, right. no, I don't right. think so. Um, right. I th- maybe in the garden, Adam, when he called on the name of the Lord, when he you know, mm-hmm. talked to God, right. God would, yes, respond. Right. But... You that know, was even then word, wasn't it? But yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, but just thinking of ways that God revealed himself specifically in the Old Testament, he did it through theophanies or Christophanies, whichever way you want to. Which are what? Uh, so they're just visual representations um, of God. Uh, so coming to my mind, uh, the burning bush, right? Uh, the pillar of fire, the pillar of uh, cloud, or was it cloud or smoke? Um, also, his voice, though. I mean, he mm-hmm. talked to Moses. Right. Um, he gave Moses the law. And then God also spoke through judges and prophets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, in New Testament, Tim already mentioned Christ. Christ. Um, and then once Christ ascended uh, at the right, the hand of the right, or the right hand of God, uh, he sent his spirit. Mm. So there's this t- common element of he has revealed himself through Christ by the Spirit, but particularly um, he's he's put that in writing for us. Oh right? yeah, yeah. So yeah, through yeah. Scripture. So um, what for us now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah so he's inscripturated all of, all of that. What happens whenever God reveals Himself to people? Or do you have something else to no, add, brother? I was going to say I think this is where you're going though. Um, as He reveals Himself to us, right, and we. Um, are saved by his grace. Right. He changes us. But then we also have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. That then works inside of us to know the perfect will exactly. of God. Right. Like yeah. Romans 12, yeah. 1 and 2. Right. Like yeah. We talked about. Right. Through his word revealed Yes. To and us. so, yeah. like you, you had asked, can you just sit there and think and know the will of God? I would say for the Christian, yes. As you follow God's word. Right. 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 right you follow God's yeah. word. I still think... I still think there's a practical sense to like decision making and knowing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what does God have for me. So like a good question, should I take this new job? All right. I think the rational thing to do is you make a list. Of what are the good things? What are the bad things? You know, what are the minuses, the pluses, all this stuff? And part of that, if you're a good faithful Christian, will be scriptural things. Like one would be church would be part of that. Yeah, you know, right. like Right. If I move, I'm going to have to leave my church. So I think right. God's called yeah. me to, and that should be a, a big thing. Or, you know, or if I move here, are there faithful churches there? And it needs to be. It needs to be sought mm-hmm. out. It needs to be. It needs to be looked at. And so, so then we can kind of be pretty practical in our thinking as Christians to say, I right. believe this is God's will for us because X X X whatever right. it is. And part of it could be the pay is better. You know, this is a place we've always wanted to live, and God's opening right. the door to us. There is a faithful church there. There is this and this, and whatever it might be, then we can say, "I think this is a good gift God has given us. We're gonna we're gonna right. move forward and right. do this." Right. So there is a, a sense of, of 
practicality and thinking yeah. involved. Yeah. Well, I think it's like Psalm 1, right? Blessed yeah. is the man. Mm-hmm. Who, and what's he doing? He's thinking on God's word yeah. day right. and night. Yeah. So that, in a sense, uh-huh. it's just becoming part of his DNA. Right. Yeah. And that's what we, we want is that God's word so infiltrates our hearts. Dwells richly in us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's, that's why you got to come to church as well, right? Yep. I mean, you got to let the yep. word yeah. continue. I mean, it talks to... about wisdom, right? And what is wisdom? The fear of the Lord. Yeah. Knowing, right. knowing <laughs> him. And so I want that's to good. be wise. I don't want to just have a bunch of knowledge. I, I want to be wise and right. know how to make decisions right. in that. Yeah. So whenever people, whenever God reveals Himself in the Bible, what? How do believers respond to Him? Do they like what are the? There's different kinds of responses. Is yeah. there? Fear. But, but like so, <laughs> so yeah. So Abraham. Yeah. Genesis, like for instance, um, there's, of course there's multiple instances, but I think particularly of Genesis 17. Mm-hmm. Remember, he says, "I am the Lord God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless." Mm. That's God's introduction of himself to Abraham there in Genesis 17. Yeah. And Abraham, I'm sure, is just on his face, um, mm-hmm. you know, worshiping the Lord. What happened to Moses, right, with the burning bush, right? Yeah, he was changed his face. Yeah. Mm. Take off your sandals. <laughs> so the this, yeah. feet for where you're, you're, you're standing now is holy ground. Isaiah. Uh, Phil. Yeah. Right? I'm a man of unclean. Isaiah 6. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or John in Revelation yeah. falls as a dead man. Before Jesus. Before Jesus. Before Jesus, right? Yeah. He sees him, he falls down. Um, we think about Job, um, who uh, eventually, whenever he's confronted with God, beginning in uh, Job 38 and through the end, he uh, he says, I uh, basically, I don't know what I'm talking about. You're God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And just submits. There's this... Um, so whenever whenever believers whenever they really encounter God, there's it's not just um, it's not casual, is it? I mean, it doesn't mean it's, it can be joyful, but there's but it's definitely not just flippant, is it? No, I mean it can't be. It can't be flippant because when we actually have an encounter with God and it leads to worship, it means that we begin to know God, right? right? And so. That's what's happening in these instances that we talked about. Um, like take Job, for example. He might respond to God. And then what does God do back to him? Job, who are, who are you? Right. Where were you right. when I stored up in heaven yeah. this? You know, where were you when I did this and created this? And, and so then as Job begins to understand God better, his response is like, yeah. You're right. Like I am nothing. <laughs> my bad. Right. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> uh, I need to shut up. Right. And a lot of times, what I see, or even what I do, you know, which is sin. But when I approach God in worship, it's like God, I'm about to tell you something. Mm. Right. I'm about to show you something. <laughs> I'm about to give you something. Are, are you ready for it? And what are you going to give back to me? Uh, when instead, it should be, God, I, I have nothing here to give you. Other than to say, you are worthy of my mm-hmm. praise in some way. Mm. I will believe your promises. <laughs> yeah. I will. I will come back to your holy. It's it's interesting. Even in corporate worship, remember when the the temple um, Solomon prays, right? God's mm-hmm. right, and again, right? God told them to build the temple, so they build the. T- God takes the initiative here. Right. He comes first, uh-huh. calls them to worship him. Right? Solomon prays, and what happens whenever God's presence is there? The fire comes down, and okay. what did the people say? Uh, 
Second Chronicles 7.3, when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement mm. and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. So it's interesting, right? They fall on their ground in a sense in holy reverence, but they're praising what? His grace. Yeah. They're praising his love. <laughs> you're loving. You're awesome. You're a gracious yeah. father. You right. forgive us, but they're on their face doing it. Mm-hmm. There's that wonderful, uh, is it a... In Psalm 2, rejoice with trembling. Mm-hmm. There's a mixture yeah. of joy and yet holy trembling and awe knowing yeah. we're in the presence of God. Yeah. We don't understand God's holiness like we should, right? No. We don't. No. And so that should be our response to God is falling down as dead. I am not worthy. I should not be here. You are too worthy. You know, you are too holy. You are too good. But then we're enabled by God because of grace yes. to stand, to kneel or whatever, right. and to worship. And by God's grace, he actually asks us to do that when actually it should be, God should be saying, you little peons need to get out of my way. <laughs> I don't want to have to listen to you. I don't need to right. talk to you. Right. You know, right. Don't bug me right. should be God's response, but it isn't. It's come Come right. to me, sing. Yes, yes, be a part. Be a part of my right. family. Be a part of my kingdom, right? right? And so so then knowing that, we worship God in grace that I don't have to fall down as dead. Right. We should always remember we should. Yeah. But right. I don't. Yeah. And so then right. my response to him in worship needs to be done well, right? It needs right. to be done how he has called us to, right. to do it. And like you said, worshiping in that grace that God right. has given us. Because we're his That's children. Yeah. yeah. That's the, right? What love has the Father shown to us that we should be called children, children. Yeah. of Heirs. God? Heirs. Heirs. Yeah. We, we get all of the, I mean, all the blessings. <laughs> yeah, all of them are all ours. All the blessings are ours through Jesus through Christ. Christ. Is it Romans 5, 8? But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, mm-hmm. Christ died for us. That's right. And his love. It's It's amazing. So there's this mixture of, appropriate reverence with astounding love and affection and warmth. There's this, uh, and you can't, you can't really describe it with words. You can just simply try to, to, to say what the scriptures say. And that's, there's a mixture of love and warmth and affection of joy, but also reverence and, and awe, uh, when we come into him. Um, how is it possible for sinners to worship a holy God? How is it possible? Jesus. So whenever we worship in public worship, I'm saying public worship because that's really where we're, but it should be all of life, obviously, but but we're talking about when we get together as church, should Jesus be at the beginning and the middle and the end of every service? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because we can't worship God except through him. Yeah, Colossians says that we are hidden in Christ, and I think that's really, I mean, that really explains it. I mean... Christ is covering us with his blood and his right. righteousness, and that's what God sees mm-hmm. instead of, yeah. you know, our, our... He's our mediator. Our sin. I mean, without yeah. him, we'd be a group of people at the edge of a cliff trying to scream to the other side of this cliff, mm-hmm. this great chasm, for somebody over there to hear us. And there's just no way. It's too great of a gulf, right? Mm-hmm. It's too it's too vast. Um, but because of Christ, uh, the Father hears us. So our worship should be not only full of Scripture, because God reveals himself, he speaks to us through Scripture, mm-hmm. but it should be full of Christ, full of the Holy Spirit as well, because the yeah. Holy Spirit is the one who takes the things of Christ 
to us, but it should be full of Jesus and not just Jesus, but the gospel of him dying and rising for us, right? right Specifically yeah. Yeah. in our place for us. Um, what would you say is, is God really present with us when we worship him on Sunday mornings? Is he here? The Bible tells us he is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And so if God is here, Jesus must be here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because we can't worship without him. And if Jesus <laughs> is here, the Holy Spirit must be here. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, do we think about that? I mean, I'm just curious. Like, uh, do we really think that God is present? I think we do. I think we think of it wrong, right? Uh, there's been plenty of services I leave and people be like, Holy Spirit was so present today. And in my mind, I'm like, well, it should have been no different than every time we get together. I mean, he's <laughs> present every time we're together. I, I don't know. I really don't know what people mean by that other than there was some emotional significance to the service today that hmm. was different. Wasn't was there last different. Week. That yeah. wasn't there last week. Yeah. But yet we know that if you come together as the body of Christ, you you pray, you read God's word, you do all these things that God has told us to do, then the Bible tells us God was present. He yeah. was there. Hmm. And so you, I think, are the one that impacts the feeling of it, hmm. not, not God. God is there. He's present. He's teaching us. He's exhorting us. He's training us. He's encouraging hmm. us. He's, God is doing these things because he tells us he is. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of believers. And so if you come into this building as a Christian, as a believer, the Holy Spirit is present. Mm-hmm. He's present with you, yeah. and so he comes and he he works. And so, again, I think that comes to what we talked about mm. in our last podcast, so of trying to manipulate mm. right yeah. the spirit. And so that's what I think people think about when they think about God being present is really a manipulation. Yeah. When in fact, in reality, God is present yeah. with us, and also He's present with us. And and I think um. Whenever we, whenever God was revealed Himself to Israel at Mount Sinai, He spoke the Ten Commandments directly to them, right? And they mm-hmm. were, we see the reaction of them. But what happens is, is whenever, whenever we gather here every Sunday morning, whenever the Word is opened up and we read from the book, and and our pastor he preaches the Word to us, and we sing the truths of Scripture to each other, and when we pray according to yeah. the Scripture. God is speaking to Literally. us from the book yeah. mm-hmm. through the pages of Scripture, and it's clear. And I think we are being um, transformed in God's presence right yeah. then. If we really, maybe it's part of the problem is, is we don't realize what we have in the Bible mm-hmm. as much. Yeah. And if we really value the Scriptures, whenever it's read publicly and preached publicly yeah. and sung, um, yeah. Would that impact how we really think about God's presence? And it's like, well, have you ever heard God talk? Well, yeah, I've gone to church. He's, yeah. I've, I've heard the book opened. Right. He right. speaks yeah. to me through the book, and, and that's his word. That's where he reveals yeah. Christ to us by the Spirit, right? Maybe we use the wrong lingo because, you know, uh, people will say, man, God really spoke to me through that song. And I don't think there's anything wrong with what, what, no. what they're saying. But right. Using that God spoke to me through this makes it seem like he doesn't then through other things or maybe. Right. And, and what you're saying is exactly right. God speaks to us through his word. So on a Sunday morning when we gather together and Pastor Matt gets up there and he says, guys, we're going to read these verses together. They're, most of the time, I would dare say, the feeling in the room when we're doing that is almost dead. Like people are like, 
What is the point of this? Mm -hmm. Why are we reading this? Well, the point of it is this. God is now speaking to you. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So let's read it and listen to it. But people might say, yeah, but God's not really speaking to me through that verse. But he did through the song. No, God God did speak to you through that verse. Now, God might have opened your eyes to some truth through that song, and that's great, and that's something Mm -hmm. that God does. Yep. But when you read his word, he is speaking to you whether you're hearing it or not. He is speaking to you. That's right. It's like like Hebrews... uh, three and four. Remember when he says, good news came to them just as it's come to you. The problem was in the Old Testament, right? The people with Moses, they weren't listening. They weren't listening. Mm. They weren't united by faith with mm. those who listened. Mm-hmm. The question is, are you listening? Yeah. yeah. Right. So God is speaking mm-hmm. and he's present. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is we're not receiving his gifts mm-hmm. through the word as much as. Yeah. And, and isn't that exactly what Isaiah 66, the one who trembles at my word is the one that I'm going to look to. Mm-hmm. The one who, so whenever, whenever that book is open, it's not Tim or Matt or Spencer or Scott or whoever. It's not really, we're not really hearing from them. Mm-hmm. We're hearing the Lord speak yeah, through his yeah, word, yeah. through the scriptures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, some other confusion can come from actually the whole the role of the Holy Spirit. Just a not a misunderstanding, but just maybe not understanding who the Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. and how he works. Um, so one, he is a, he reveals the word of God to us. Um, and then two, he unifies us. And three, uh, he empowers us to change. Mm. I think there's some other ones, but those are the ones that are coming to my mind. So really every time uh, in worship that something has been revealed to you, like that's the Holy Spirit. That's evidence of mm. the Holy Spirit. And and from that, yeah, we usually have, you know, a, a response of emotion in that. Right. You know, if 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 some another aspect of the gospel is is really pressing on your heart through worship, that's that is the Holy Spirit, and that also is emotional. Right. But if you take the indicator of emotion, and and that's what makes the Holy Spirit move, mm. then I, then it's backwards. Right, yeah, it's like um, Jesus says about the wind, right? The Holy Spirit's like the wind. You don't know where he comes exactly. from or where he's going. Yeah. And and sometimes the Holy Spirit moves like a hurricane, and sometimes yeah. he moves like a slow breeze, and yeah, you don't even good. really feel it. But we just don't know exactly exactly what he's doing, um, but we know we know that he's always always present with yeah. us. Yeah. So God is always present. The Spirit's working um, in ways that we... Um, Sometimes we don't even know. We're not. We're not. We don't perceive them. Other times we do, maybe more so. But as we think about who God is, um, we think about He reveals Himself in Jesus by the power of the Spirit, and He uses the written Word to do that. How should we then approach God in worship? What should our response be like whenever we come to public worship? I think. Um, I guess this is more from a standpoint of leading worship like i i want you know to do it well i want to do it carefully want to do it thought out i want to do it planned Mm -hmm. Uh, and the reason for that again is just so we can do it accurately in uh, how god has prescribed us prescribed us to do it Uh, so one of the things that you hear you know i've heard from preachers who are like i'm just going to get up there and just let the holy spirit fly to fly this morning and Usually what they mean by that is I'm going up there without any notes. Right. I didn't really study much. Um, 
I'm just going to read God's word and whatever he puts to my mind, I'm going to say. Now, mm-hmm. for me, that'd be a really scary uh, thought because the things that cross my mind probably does, don't need to come out of my mouth <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. Um, but I think you hear that a lot of times from those hmm. pastors too. Um, so I want to be well-studied, well-prepared. Uh, so that, that's, from, that's from this side mm-hmm. of coming into public worship. Um, for the individual who comes in or the family who comes in asking that question, how should they approach worship, I think is, is different. Um, I think we need to work on approaching it sincerely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, approaching it gratefully mm-hmm. with a grateful heart that we get to come and do this together. Yeah. Um, uh, approach it, uh, I want to say open-minded, but I mean uh, ready to hear, ready mm-hmm. ready yeah, to yeah. listen, ready to, yeah. to learn and to grow and to see okay, what, what needs to change in my in my life today, yeah. um, and almost to approach it dutifully, like this is what God's called us to do, and I, I want to do this. And and understanding, you know, I need to understand that every time I sit down and worship on Sunday morning, I might not have some big epiphany, mm. right? Mm-hmm. It, it might not be some big experience that I leave just like, wow. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen all the time, and mm. and so knowing that. I'm being faithful here, right? I mm-hmm. want to be faithful. Yeah. I believe I'm being faithful by coming here I'm with my brothers and sisters. I'm encouraged by them. I want to encourage them. Um, I don't want to be a hindrance. Mm. I know it's a lot. I know I'm saying a lot here, but uh, I think a lot more go- should go into it that does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What could we do Saturday night if we're thinking about coming to worship the next day? Should it mean Would it be a good idea to prepare Saturday night? And what things could we do? Saturday is good, but the Monday after the Sunday probably would be better. So you have six days. Oh, you mean to start? Yeah. That's what you're saying. I would say practically, mm-hmm. though, like yeah. you should go to bed at a decent time. Yeah, so you can wake in the up morning, and be fresh. Right. Yeah. Um, Good night. A lot of people you ask them and say, "How you doing?" I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Oh, why? You know, I did this Sunday and I did this and I did this, and they just look so tired. And it's yeah. almost like they're looking at you like, "Pastor, it's your job to wake me. It's your job to get yeah. me out of this. It's your job to make this worthwhile of me being here." And it's <laughs> that's a daunting task, you know. I know Christ raised people from the dead, but um, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I mean, I know that's right. A simple thing, but. Right. Try to get a decent night's sleep. Um, uh, try to prepare your heart, at mm-hmm. least some, you know, right. of what tomorrow is. You know, tomorrow's yeah. Sunday and we get together. So uh, some time praying for the service, some time praying for your pastors who will be leading the service. Um, yeah. I think that's one of the cool things about um, Sunday school, mm. the way we have it now, is you come in at 9 o'clock and you're in God's Word and it's almost like, Again, just preparing your heart and molding right. your heart and getting yeah. ready for right. <clears throat> for yeah. worship together. Right. Um, that's a good time, yeah. too. Drinking coffee? I mean... <laughs> for right. you guys, that, 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 for those weak ones right. who need oh, fake energy. Snap. Wow, I guess that's my crutch. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I think that's one of the things... I mean, I'm speaking to myself here. Just what more could I do to 
if I put preparation into coming with God's mm-hmm. people and not only for myself, right? So I, but like, how, because that's also going to impact my brothers and sisters. Yeah. How can I come to worship in order to encourage them right, right, as right. well? So think of it this way. Tomorrow, the king has asked me to be in his presence. Mm-hmm. What do I do the day before? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm preparing what I'm going to say. I'm preparing right. what I'm going to, yeah. what I'm going to wear, right? It's going to be ready. Um, I want everything planned out and ready to go. I want to be, I want my full presence to be with the king because my life could hang in the balance or whatever. There's all kinds of things, right? Mm -hmm. When you would approach a king Mm -hmm. or even just the honor of it, you know, maybe your life's not on the line, but just the honor of the king has asked for me to come. Right. And so I've got a haircut, I'm shaved how I need to be shaved. You know, I'm I'm doing everything to, to what I can to present my best that I have. Right. to be with the king. Right. And I, a lot of times we just don't view it that way anymore. Mm. You know, you can go to something as simple as what you wear. Right. You know, some of the older folk will get on the younger folk. Why aren't you wearing a tie? Why aren't you dressed up? And the younger folk will get mad at the older folk. God don't care about that, right? He wants, but, but where they're coming from is uh, we're supposed to give our best to the Lord. Yeah. And so I want to dress. Now it becomes sinful too sure. of, mm-hmm. of requiring, sure. but I want to give my best to the Lord. And so back then, that's what it was. It was you dress the best you have. You might have nothing. You might be poor as dirt, but when you get to church on Sunday, you look the best you possibly can mm-hmm. because the Lord deserves it. Right. And that really should be our attitude just in general. I want to give my, I want to give my best. And so mm-hmm. I want to prepare that way this is a privilege yeah to worship a god like you said he's a king he's all powerful and yet he he died to purchase you Mm -hmm. and and he he's come to be with you Mm -hmm. and uh that's a privilege an honor and um yeah. yeah to go to go back to your question spencer uh how should we approach god to to worship him i think we've already talked about a lot of these of these things but even like in scripture, scripture even uses the word worship in different ways. Mm. Like we talked, uh, um, bowing down mm-hmm. um, or to serve, and those two things kind of have like this this uh, posture of submission. Yeah. So I think uh, a spirit of submission mm. as we approach God on His Lord yeah. on on His day, I think is a good. And then and then the word is also used. Um, uh, to adore, so longingly expecting to see um, affectionately. Right. So I think there's there's some of that yeah. that we also need to add. Yeah. Um, and then Hebrews twelve uh, comes to my mind, uh, verses twenty eight and twenty nine say this. Therefore, let us be grateful. Tim, you said grateful, which is good um, for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe mm. for our God is a consuming fire. And I know we haven't talked about, maybe we, I think we're talking about this in the next episode, uh, Nadab and Abihu mm. uh, who offer strange fire. Um, and then God literally consumes them with fire. Um, but the point there is, is that we need to approach him with reverence, having respect for the way that he wants us to worship him. And then also in awe, um, of, of who God is and what he has done for mm-hmm. us, even specifically 
the the hymn uh, "How Great Thou Art" uh, says, "O Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works Thy hands hath made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, Thy power throughout the universe mm-hmm. displayed." And I think that's right. a beautiful picture of the awe mm-hmm. that we need yep. to have it each time we come together and expect to you know engage or encounter. I think we use the word encounter. Yeah, yeah. encounter God. Right, right. We're coming to meet God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're meeting God. You're coming. I mean, remember whenever, uh, I know it's Old Testament, but I still think it has something to teach us. Whenever God's people came to Mount Sinai, they were getting ready to meet God. And so there was, uh, there was some preparation they had to do a few days before, right. yeah. before you meet yeah, God that's, and that's prepare good. to meet your God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a work in our life that we have to work on to have this attitude. I, I think we yeah, would all, goodness, yeah. we would all say, you know, there's, oh, yeah. There's been times in my life where I couldn't wait for Sunday to come every week. Like I was just, God was just revealing himself to me. It seemed like yeah. through his words so much and being around people was so encouraging. But then I've also had mm-hmm. t- times in my life where that wasn't the case. I wasn't yeah. always excited to come or mm, yeah. especially uh, when I started having responsibilities, you know, mm. on Sunday of having to get up there and do this or do right. that to where it, for me now, even it becomes, um, a day of work and it's hard to focus. Yeah. And so I don't want people to just hear this and be guilty because they don't yeah, always feel yeah. what we're saying is this is a, a discipline. I think that you have to work in your life that you yeah. need to continually work on that God can continually uh, grow you in. Mm. And so trying to encourage us uh, to do that, to continue mm. to have that awe, yeah. you know, right. when you come to worship, yeah. It is a work that we need to keep doing um, and working on and have God work in it in our life. In that. Yeah, it's a good habit. Yeah. It's the habit we should be developing, right? <laughs> right, right. You better get used to it because you're going to spend all eternity doing it. Yeah, and right? you'll never get sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? You're going to be doing that. So awesome. Uh, so we, we've talked about worship, God, and we've talked about our approach. So as we, uh, the next podcast, we'll dive into uh, how do we worship? How does God want us to worship? Um, this has been a great conversation. Thank you for joining us. I hope it's been beneficial to you as well. And um, and, and we hope that uh, that you're enjoying these and uh, as we're enjoying the, talking about these these wonderful things. And so we'll catch you next time. Take care and God bless. <laughs>